0: We're just so grateful to be here. But Psalm 34 is where we're going to be at this morning. I just received a text a few minutes ago. Uh, pastor's on morphine, so he's good. Uh, so <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he's uh, he's 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 drugged up a little bit. So probably don't call him right now. It's probably not a good idea. Uh, but he's uh, he's passed out a little bit and just uh, a lot of pain. Uh, she, uh, Chrissy's been texting us, so if she's watching, I'm not going to text you back anymore because I'm uh, preaching, but uh, she, uh, she's she been texting us updates, and so you pray for them. He's he's uh, he's in a lot of pain right now, so if you've, uh, anybody here had kidney stones before? Anybody? Oh my goodness, scores of people. I'm with you. Those, those are awful, uh, just awful, and uh, so you pray for him this morning. Psalm 34 is where we're going to be at this morning, and I want to share uh, just a, a thought today and something the Lord Really, last night before I went to sleep, I had something totally planned, different, and the Holy Spirit said, no, this is what you're preaching on today. And I said, all right. And so I got up early this morning, head, head to the church office here early this morning to kind of get my thoughts back together because I had to go a different direction. I believe this is all orchestrated by the Lord, and there's no, no uh, accident that pastors in the hospital today, It's no accident that the songs we sang, uh, God often works those things out for a reason. The Holy Spirit does that. And uh, that's, that's evidence uh, of him working behind in the scenes. And Psalm 34 is an interesting psalm. And uh, back earlier this year, uh, Aaron and I, we often share passages or verses that we uh, love and encourage. And one day I was uh, dealing with some things and dealing with uh, different situations. And she texted me, Psalm 34, you need to read that today. And I said, all right, whatever. You know, I kind of blew it off, you know. But, but I, as I re- read through this passage... God began to really uh, stir my heart about being more thankful and uh, praising Him more and uh, blessing His name. Look at Psalm 34, verse number 1. We'll read down just to probably verse 16 this morning. And I want to give you just some thoughts here today and uh, something to encourage you and help you. Look at verse number 1, Psalm 34, verse 1. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me in all my fears. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the uh, Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, uh, and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the man that trusteth in him." Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. I want you to go back to verse number one. This really is my uh, thought this morning. I want you to maybe underline, if you underline things in your Bible, mark this passage, mark this verse. Verse number one says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times this morning, I want to speak to you on that thought about blessing the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times, and how do we do that now? I want you to think this morning back to psalm thirty four if you don 't know much uh, or don 't know much history about psalm thirty four or psalm thirty four if you have in your Bible, my Bible has a, a caption at the top of it, and that caption is important because my Bible says the top of it says a psalm of David when he was, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed now this is the other uh, can be described as a psalm in the cave or praises from the cave David wrote this or we believe they believe authors believe he wrote this uh, wrote this a psalm while he was in a cave while he was being sought by King Saul to be killed to be taken his life to be taken, and basically the the background of this. A passage goes on to say that Psalm 34 is really David changed his behavior or he acted as a madman or a crazy person so his life would be spared. Yet during the very deepest, darkest hour, during the deepest pit he was probably in in a cave of all places, he penned these words, I will bless the Lord at all times. You think about this morning, uh, David, while he was going through this, as he was facing this, there's... Three thoughts I want to share with you from this passage this morning, but his heart, David's heart, I want you to get his heart this morning, really uh, my heart as well too this morning, that his heart was fixed on God. He was turned towards the, uh, the Lord, and he basically said in verse 1, to begin the psalm out, his, the praise of his, of his Lord was continually at his mouth or on his lips, despite whatever we go through in this life, no matter what you're facing this morning, no matter what you may face in the days ahead, we can bless the Lord at all times. We can give him praise for what he's done for us. And so the question I want to present this morning really is how do we bless the Lord? Even further than that, how do we bless the Lord continually? So David doesn't say, I'm going to bless the Lord or or I will bless the Lord at all times, but he says his praise shall continue. That means it's progressing, it's moving forward, it's it's a continual thing that he was praising the Lord, blessing the Lord. And I want to share just the three thoughts here this morning, but let's go to the Lord in prayer today. And just ask his help this morning because we need him and I need him. And I know many of you this morning here in this auditorium probably need the Lord too. And so let's just quiet our hearts for the Lord this morning before we go any further. Lord, we love you and thank you for this time that we can open your word today. God, again, I pray this morning for Pastor that you would help him in a special way right now. Lord, calm him, comfort him, and and his pain may be minimal. I pray for Christy. She's there with him and, and just watch over them today. And Lord, may he pass this stone quickly. Lord, even today, I pray that, Lord, you would help him in a very special way. God, as we open your word here today, may you just help us as we uh, think on blessing you and giving you praise continually. I pray this morning that whatever is said and whatever is done will bring you honor and glory. And we thank you again for this great church. And, uh, Lord, just meet with us in a special way. And, Lord, help me to say only what you'd have me to say. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Look it down at down verse number one again. Let's read down just a little further here. I want to give you three things. Maybe jot these down somewhere in your margin of your Bible or on a, a piece of paper. Actually, in your bulletin, there's a place to keep notes there too and encourage you maybe to go back to these often. But I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I want you to notice verse number three with me. We're going to find three ways that David really blessed or praised the Lord, even in a cave. Now, this morning, you may be in a cave spiritually. You may be going through something that no one else in this, this building has an idea about. You may have just come through something that no one else has an idea about. Whatever it may be, you can still praise the Lord continually. Notice this first one. So how do we bless? Look at verse number three. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. The first way we bless the Lord is we magnify him. We magnify him. We make him great. It is to make greatness of Jehovah. That word magnify really simply means to make greater or to make large. My grandma, who's 94 or 95, I think she's getting ready to turn 95. Is that right? My, my grandma Bixler, my mom and dad are heading up there to see her today. At her house, she, she right beside her Bible and right beside her uh, uh, little chair there is a magnifying glass. Now, some of you may use those. And you use those to do what? To make the images bigger. And so that's what the idea of magnifying the Lord here is, is to make... Our God, great, to magnify him. The simple question here this morning as we think about this, of how do we bless the Lord and magnify him, is how great or how big is God in your life? How big is the Lord in your life? Do other people know that you have a big God or do other people know that you have a little God? As David was thinking and dwelling upon what he was going through, that his life was being sought, that he was uh, really basically being threatened uh, to, to death uh, by King Saul he said, I will bless the Lord. And how do we bless the Lord? We magnify him. We make him great. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, verse 3, and let us exalt his name together. Notice verse number 4. I sought the Lord. And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I want you to notice who it is that magnifies the Lord. First of all, the humble magnify him. Go back to verse number 2. Look at verse number 2. My soul... Shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble, notice that, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. So I believe the first person or first group of people that magnify the Lord and make him great are those of the humble. Who can make God great but those who feel themselves to be little? Almost as if you ever seen that little uh, uh, image of uh, he must. Uh, increase and I must decrease and our God is bigger than I and uh, that that little analogy has the same concept here of making God big in our life making God greater in our lives when we make him the priority then it will cause us to get out of the way thus making us little thus humbling us getting us out of the way you know so often the biggest problem that we as Christians face is our self self gets in the way of God being great in our lives Self gets in the way of allowing God to use us, allowing God to speak through us, to speak to other people about the Lord. The humble give praise back to the Lord, thus magnifying him. It's not God that's doing the work in me. It's not God, uh, or it's not me doing the work in me. It's God doing the work in me and in Bowling Springs Baptist Church and through us. And so if I can tell you this morning, friends, live out your life. It's all about him. It's about the Lord. It's not about you and I. Bowling Springs is not about uh, any of us. It's about what Christ is doing in us and through us and him being great in us. And so other people can see him magnified in our lives. When someone gives you the praise, who gets the credit? I noticed this week, uh, Rusty spoke Wednesday night. He did a great job. Uh, If you missed Wednesday night, you missed a real blessing. He did a great job. And uh, you know, a number of folks, uh, Rusty did so good. I appreciate him and his faithfulness and studying the word of God and One thing I said to Rusty, "You did a great job. Praise the Lord. That's how it should be." Rusty knew that it wasn't about him. It wasn't about him getting the opportunity to speak, but it was about the Lord using him in a special way. And so, the humble make much of Jesus. Have you made much of Jesus this week? Maybe even coming to church this morning on the way into church. Have you made much of Jesus? in your conversations? Have you magnified him? Hey, hey kids, we're going to church to, to worship the Lord. Let's, let's prepare our hearts. Let's get ready. Let's go to church to hear from the Lord. Let's make him great today. Have you magnified him in the grocery store? Have you magnified him on the roads? <laughs> uh, it's hard sometimes to Uh, uh, magnify the Lord when people are driving crazy. I I asked Pastor one day, I said, why don't you have a sticker on the back of your truck of of Bowling Springs? I put one on my car. He said, I don't want people to know that I go to church there because I drive a certain way. He was joking, but uh, there's probably a reason he doesn't have a sticker on his truck. But I, I put one on there, so I have to be careful because I'm trying to magnify the Lord, but I also have a Bowling Springs sticker on the back of my car. And so, have you made much of Jesus this week, magnifying him, the humble magnifying? Look at verse number four. Not only do the humble magnify Him, according to verse two, but verse number four we see the holy magnified Him, or the those that strive to live holy. Verse number four: I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. Do you think about what David was going through, what David was facing? How deep, day, uh, deep darkest place in the cave he was being sought for his life. He was probably in a moment that he really didn't know where else to turn, but he turned his heart to the Lord. He fixed his heart. To the Lord. I sought. The Lord is what David says. This should be the desire of each of us, to seek the Lord, to become more like him. Why don't we come to church? Because we want to be Christ-like. We want to be more like Christ and draw closer to Christ and draw me nearer. What a great song that is. I believe God orchestrated all those things once again. I believe that. And I'm thankful for that. What happens when we seek to be holy? We strive To become more Christ-like, and then ultimately it magnifies Him. When we get out of the way and we just strive our best to live for Christ, we strive our best to be more Christ-like. We strive to be like Him in every aspect of our lives. Now, uh, we know this morning no one's perfect. None of us live perfect lives. Uh, We won't ever uh, achieve that, but we can do our best to please the Lord. Thus, when we do that, it magnifies Him. Do you seek to be holy? Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, a familiar passage. Hold your place in Psalm 34. I'm going to have you turn a couple places here this morning if you don't mind. You're welcome to turn there with me or jot this passage down. 1 Peter chapter number 1. It's a command given in the scriptures for you and I. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, 15, and 16. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. That's a pretty stern command, isn't it? Be holy, for I am holy. If we strive our best to be holy as Christ is holy, then ultimately he will be magnified. He will be glorified. David blessed the Lord at all times because he made much of Christ. This means to be holy in our speech, in our actions, our attitudes. Everything we do must please Christ. We as believers. And people see Christ in us. They know They know if we are pleasing him in our attitudes, our actions, our speech, our conversations. And then verse 5 through 7, we're going to skip over those verses for time's sake today, but basically those are David pleading to the Lord, turning to the Lord, seeking Him. He needed the Lord, yet he still found himself blessing the Lord. Not only can we magnify Him, that's how we bless the Lord, that's how we continually, continually praise the Lord, but second of all, we taste His goodness. Now go to verse number 8 with me. I love this, verse number 8. Look at verse number 8. Psalm 34, verse number 8, back to our text here. It says this, O taste and see... That the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. That, that word, oh, we find it in, oh, magnify him. It, it's almost as if an emphasis. Oh, magnify the Lord. Almost as a, uh, how I bless the Lord. David did, I bless the Lord by magnifying him. But notice, verse 8, the second way we bless the Lord is we taste his goodness. That word, taste, carries out to perceive. It's almost as if you ever been to the mall. And you ever had the uh, Chinese people or the Chinese restaurant hold out little samples? you want to try? You know, they, you walk, they walk by and they have little uh, little samples to give to you. That's the idea of taste and see. Come taste our foods. Just have a little sample. You go to Sam's, it's the same way. I, I love, we and I go to Sam's, and we, we go and try all the food, and we run around and taste everything and test it. That's good, that's good. And uh, that's the idea of we'll taste and see. That's what David is trying to get us to understand, that, even though he was in a deep dark cave, his life was being sought to be killed. King Saul was after him. He blessed the Lord continually. He made much of Christ. Also, he tells the verse, eight, "O taste and see the Lord is good." David was remembering what the Lord had done for him. I imagine this morning we went around the room, uh, this morning and asked person to person, "Let me tell me a time when you remember the Lord being good in your life." Remember a time, or maybe tell me about a time that you remember the Lord working and moving, and God did this. And I look back over the last eight months, and I think about, oh, taste and see, the Lord has been good to my family. The Lord has blessed Aaron and I tremendously. Take you back back to January of this past year, when we had our son, our third child, Ian, who's in the nursery there. And it was a scary time for Aaron and I. Uh, there were some issues there, some health issues. I won't we'll get into all the details today. But uh, that there in that operating room, as Ian was getting ready to be born, it was a scary time. And I look back at those moments when I heard that cry of that baby. I thought, Lord, oh, taste and see the goodness of God that he gave us another child. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. There's an idea here that uh, uh, David or the thought David is trying to get us to remember and think on what God has done for us. The goodness of God. We were around the room this morning to think about how good God is. We could testify for him, on him for for hours on end, I'm sure, today. How do we taste and see or how do we know or think on uh, his goodness? First of all, we taste and see his goodness through trials. Maybe jot down James 1 this morning. I, I read this verse in Sunday school. We were talking about... 1 Corinthians ten thirteen and the temptation that we go through. God often takes us through uh, temptations to prove, to examine, to test us. If you're in our teen class, you should remember that thought this morning. But we think about, we can taste and see his goodness through tri- trials. James 1 2 through 4 says, My brother, encounter all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect in its higher, wanting nothing. Look back over the trials that we go through. God takes us through those trials so we can taste and see his goodness during those trials. Every one of us this morning has been through trials. Every one of us has been through health trials, wealth trials. We've been through sickness, illness, family trials, situations that we just say, they are, they are really impossible for me to really explain other than God has seen me through it, and we can taste his goodness. God has a reason for your trial. You just need to taste his goodness through it. You know, we don't like to think about trials being good. We don't like to sit through those things and, man, that's tough, but we can look back and say, God brought me through. It's hard to see his goodness, but get our eyes today off of those trials and put our eyes towards Christ. Then we can see his goodness. How else can we taste and see his goodness? We can see his goodness through trials, but we can also taste and see his goodness through temptation. It's already talked about in our son's class. We've been talking about that the last couple weeks, about temptation, going through those uh, things that God is testing and proving and examining us, ultimately to draw us closer to him. James one twelve says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. We can see his goodness even through temptation. He is always drawing us closer to him, taking us through those things. Thirdly, we can taste and see his goodness through good times. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about the good things that God gives you? You know, often we... Uh, like to think on the things that God has brought us out of or the trials that God has brought us through but maybe today you're not going through any of those things and praise the Lord for that you you will maybe at some point but we can taste his goodness right now and the good things that he's blessed us with we have a lot of thankful lot of to thank the Lord for uh, uh Rob and Tiffany and Aaron and I and Rusty we went here uh C.T. Townsend Thursday night great service and uh, we just enjoyed that so much, but uh, Brother CT was talking about, you know, often we uh, can thank the Lord for certain things, and we thank the Lord for our, our family, our, our uh, financial status, or our cars, or our boats, or uh, our these things, but those things that can be taken away, but he was saying that we need to thank the Lord for salvation. He can't take salvation away. The devil can't take that from you. If you're saved this morning, you're on your way to heaven. Nothing can change that. He can't take eternal life from us. We can praise the Lord for that this morning, but we can taste his goodness through good times. James 1, 17, the verse right after James 1, 12, where we just read, verse 17 in James 1 says, every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. Have you ever stopped and just thought of all the good things that God has blessed you with? Oh, taste and see the goodness of God, your family, this morning, Maybe thank the Lord for your family, being in church with you this morning. Maybe thank the Lord for your health this morning. Many people have been sick the last few weeks. Thank the Lord that you're here, you're healthy, you're well. All these things come from the Lord. And pause maybe today and just thank the Lord. Oh, taste and see the goodness of God. How do we bless the Lord? We magnify him. We make much of Jesus Christ. We, we lift him up. We magnify him, as David said. Verse 8, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is man that trusteth in him. Look at the third one this morning. Look down to verse number 9. So we, oh, magnify him, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. And verse number nine gives us the third way that we bless the Lord. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The third way we bless the Lord this morning is this, is we fear him. The fear this morning is not the fear of trembling or scared type of fear, but it's an awe, holy awe, a reverence of who God is, the laws which he has and which, which springs from a just view and a real love of his divine character. That is a fear of God. We, we've lost the lack of fear today in our society of the Lord. People don't fear anything anymore. People don't fear. I remember this. I was thinking of this early this morning. When I was a, I was a teenager, uh, actually up north of my family's heading this week my parents are heading, uh, every so often in the summertime I would go and I would spend time with my grandma um, and and uh, we would always enjoy that time. And so one summer they had a, a all night activity. My uncle's church did, and my cousin was older than me, and and so me and some other guys from from the church. I was in youth group at that time, uh, not in their youth group, but I was visiting, and we had all night. We went out to the cornfields out in. Uh, uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, and, the, the corn, and corn up in Pennsylvania, I just can't explain to you how good corn is up there. Uh, it's not like corn down here. Corn here is good, but Pennsylvania corn is way better. And so if you ever had a chance, hopefully uh, my family would bring me some back, but uh, Pennsylvania corn is tall, 10, 10 11, 12-foot tall corn, huge corn. And um, it, it was taller than us. So we were in the corn. We were playing uh, capsule flag, I think. And I remember I was scared. I was like a sixth grader. I wasn't scared of much, but I was scared that night. And I remember <clears throat> before we went out to play like, capture the flag, uh, my cousin said, yeah, there's some there's some bobcats that probably are out there and some bears and snakes. And I'm like, oh, you know, he's just messing with me. And so, you know, we're, me and some other guys in that youth group were, were hiding and all I heard this loud, like like almost like a hissing sound. And I, I ran me and the other guys, I was pushing guys to run <laughs> that that was the fear that we're not talking about here. I was fearful for my life. I thought some bobcat or bear or something in the corn was going to kill me. And so this is not the fear that David's talking about here, but a fear, a fear, a reverence of who God is and what he has done. We have a generation of young people and children coming up who don't understand a fear of God, that we have an all-powerful, almighty God who is a snap of his fingers and take and give life. We have a fear, a, a, a reverence. We've lost that reverence of who God is. And how do we fear of the Lord this morning? I want to finish with this. How do we, how do we gain back that fear? Uh, and, and really, this morning, we bless the Lord by reverencing Him and honoring Him and bringing Him glory through our lives. But how do we fear the Lord? Number one, we walk in His laws. We walk in His law. We take His word at what it says. We take it to heart. We understand it. We hold true to it. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Second of all, not only do we walk in his laws, but we respect his will. We respect his will. Proverbs 3, 7. Be not wise, in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Thirdly, we tremble to offend him. We tremble, tremble to offend him. Oh, we have a holy God who is, needs to be honored, needs to be glorified. Psalm 86, 11 tells us, Teach me thy way, O Lord, I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. And then fourthly, how do we fear him? We hasten, face, hasten to serve him. Deuteronomy 10, 12 says, and now Israel, what do the Lord require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. That's how we fear the Lord. I want to finish this morning with this. If you have your hymn book, I want you to turn to hymn number 321. I want to tell you the story this morning. Really, this kind of ties all this this morning together. Hymn 321, and the musicians can make their way up this way, if if you like, if you will, please. And we're going to sing this hymn of invitation here in just a second. But Horatio Spafford, some of you may recognize his name. He's the author of this song, It Is Well With My Soul. Horatio Spafford was an attorney, and his wife, Anna, they had had four daughters. Uh, Tragically, the Great Chicago Fire destroyed most of his business in 1871. But then two years later, after losing all he had, his wife and daughters were on a board, an ocean liner, and it was struck by another vessel. All four daughters drowned, but his wife survived. His wife survived, uh, survived and nine days later, she was able to contact her husband by telegraph with this question. She said, save alone, what shall I do? What shall I do? Spafford then took the next available ship to join his wife, and, and during that passage, back to meet his wife, they pass over the spot where they believed the ship that his daughters, his four daughters, had drowned. They believe they passed over that spot. And then he penned the words of this familiar hymn, It is well with my soul. You know, when you're in the deepest, darkest cave, when you're in the deepest, darkest prison, of you feel like your trials will just never end. You feel like what you're going through, no one else can understand. No one else can comprehend it. Uh, you feel even sometimes the Lord doesn't hear your cries, but he does. And as Horatio Spafford lost his four daughters, I can't imagine, you parents this morning, grandparents understand what I'm saying. If you have a child, losing a child, and, and maybe you've lost one, I can't understand that, but lost his four daughters, imagine losing four daughters and passing over the spot. Then God gave him the words, it is well with my soul. It is well. Look at the words there with me, if you will. I want you to look at the word. We're going to sing it here in just a moment. But 321 there in your hymn. Look at the words. If Aaron can play that there, y'all want to play that there as we think about the words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, he went on to say this, Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Can you say that this morning? Even Maybe this morning you're not in a a deep, dark cave. Maybe you're not going through a trial. Maybe you're not facing anything right now this morning. But maybe you go back and taste the goodness of the Lord. Maybe you've not made much of Jesus this morning. Maybe... This morning, you've lost your reverence and fear of God. David saw the Lord. He realized, I will bless the Lord continually. I will lift his name up. I will praise him with my lips. I can't help but think about the words. Though Satan should buffet, trials should come. Let this blessed assurance, be con- or blessed, blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. The words of this hymn just fit right along with this psalm, Psalm 34. It is well with my soul. Maybe this morning you just need to find a place today in your seat, the altar. Maybe you need to find a place to say, Lord, I, I, I need your help. I will bless the Lord at all times. Maybe this morning you need to find a place to say, God, i want to give you praise for your goodness in my life. God, you've been good. I, I think every one of us can testify to that. God's been good to all of us, hasn't he? He's been, He's blessed us in so many ways. And maybe this morning... So you turn your heart to fear the Lord. Let's stand together, our heads bowed, and eyes closed. As they play through that, let's just bow our heads and hearts to the Lord this morning. Let's all stand, and we're going to sing this hymn in just a minute. I'm just going to give you a chance to respond there in your seat. The altars are open. You're welcome to come pray. If you need somebody to pray with, we're happy to pray with you. If you need anything from us, we're happy to help you that this way. Whatever the Lord has done, he's pinpointed something in your heart today. Something. I know the Lord has pointed me in my heart.